Surprise, surprise, it's docking right here on your classic metal show from the dysfunctional release that is The Shadows of Life. And I thought this was an appropriate tune to uh, get into this because uh, basically these guys are living the shadows of their lives this week. <laughs> so they weren't having fun, huh? Well, they were. There there was a lot of smiles and there was a lot of joking and, you know, cutting up and whatnot. But uh, I don't know if you... smiles in any George Lynch pictures. Well, Jesus, I was, I was, I was more fucking pissed. I was just getting to that. I was just getting to that. All right, good. Um. So, as I said, I got in there Wednesday evening. I did not see Don Wednesday. I, I had texted him. I was leaving the airport, flying out about, uh, it was about 7 o'clock Central Time. Okay. And I sent Don a text. It's like, uh, you know, I'm 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 ready to, you know, take off here. I'll be there in about an hour and a half. Uh, where are you hanging out, and do you want to get together? And he says, uh, he texts me back. He said, uh you know, I'm at the Sheridan room, blah, blah, blah. Um, he says, uh, I'm, I'm in for the night. I'm done for the night. He says, I, I hurt my voice today in rehearsals. Oh God. So I, I was just like, okay, you know, and then of course I already told you the story about hanging out with Mick. Right. Sure. So Don texts me about midnight and I was already asleep, but, uh, he texts me, says we're, we're, uh, supposed to we got lobby call for rehearsals at uh at uh 10 uh, he says okay. i'll see you down there all right so uh i got down there about uh 10 and uh the shuttle driver and then uh, then uh came in and mick came by and he sat and shot the shit with me for a few minutes and uh george had was coming back from the radio station across the street because he did the early morning show Okay. And then uh, he came by and I say, hey, George, how's it going? You know, and oh, yeah, real, real good. Yeah, yeah. You know, just kind of like all spacey. Right. (laughs) He goes, uh, goes, I got to get, he goes, I got to get ready. He says, I'm going up to my room. And then uh, Jeff came down, Jeff Pilsen came down and he, you know, Jeff, he's always upbeat. Right. And he goes, Wendell, it's good to see you, my friend. You know, and he came over and gave me a hug and, you know, we talked for about a minute. And then uh, I was just sitting there waiting on Don, and right. uh, George came back down, and he was he was walking by, and he was kind of like all hunched over and looking like he was dragged out a little bit, you know. And I said, I said, George, I said, you look kind of beat. He goes, you really think so? And I said, well, I, I said, you, I'm sure you've already had a hard week. And he goes, oh, I don't know, I was feeling pretty good today. I was just <laughs> like. <laughs> Okay, you know, I was just trying to, you know, make some conversation, and he was just right. like, "Yeah." So, uh, so Don Don texts me, and he says, uh, "I'm not going to come down till uh, probably uh, noon." He says, that "He says I'll let the guys get over there, and they can start, you know, working on the tunes." He goes, "They don't need me there this early." He says, "I'm just going to take a shower and kind of warm up my voice, and you know, take it easy." Right. He says, I'll be down there about noon. Okay. So uh, there was a couple people hanging around, and, you know, of course, they all gravitate toward me. And who are you? And are you with the band? And, you know, we're just shooting the shit. Yeah. And uh, just talking. So I just kind of passed the <laughs> time away with different people wanting to chat at me, you know? Sure. And then Don come down and. Good morning, Wendell. Oh, boy. And it's just like, <laughs> I was like, you're, are you all right, Don? Yeah, I'm just trying to just trying to take it easy on the voice. Oh boy, kind of, kind of, kind of, kind of strained it yesterday. Trying to, you know, doing a little bit too much. But he says, he says they just they 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 put a they put a gate and a limiter on my vocal, and I kept pushing and pushing, and he was just doing the whole thing. He goes, but we're not going to the rehearsal hall right away. I got some running around to do. So he goes, but you can come with us if you want. You know, right. So the shuttle driver picks us up. I, where are we going? He says, so Don's telling me, he says, if I have to look at Mick Brown wearing that fucking 88 shirt one more time, <laughs> have you seen that shirt uh, Mick's been wearing forever? No. He's got this black shirt and it's sort of got like, it's kind of got the uh, army emblems on the, on the sleeve. Okay. And then it's, it's got the number 88 on the front. Okay. He had like a half a dozen of these things made. 
What does it even mean? Well, it, it's it, it's he was doing it as a joke, but I I don't know the whole symbolism of it, but it, it's it has something to do with supremacy or something like that. Okay, you know, it's something about it. It's kind of kicked up some controversy because people. I wonder what make what sure that mean. What does that eighty eight mean? You know, and people are kind of speculating that it means something. Okay, and he he's been wearing it for a couple couple years now. You know, he's got several of them, but whenever he plays live, he always wears it. Look look up Mick Brown's picture. Well, there, Jim Redmond put it in the in the chat room. Heil Hitler. <laughs> Because HH88. Okay. Well, he's been wearing this shirt. Look, look up Mick Brown's picture. Look up for an image, and maybe you can see a picture of him wearing that 88. All right. Images. Let's see. There he is getting arrested. I got some fucking fishing guy. Well, I believe you. Yeah, well, anyway, he, he's been whenever he performs live, he wears this black T-shirt and has an 88 on it. Okay. And he just finds it funny. He just thinks it's people will comment on it and think it's controversial. And he just gets a kick out of all the social media out there. That's always, I wonder, you know, what's up with Mick? You know, is he a supremacist or something? Right. And he just, he just finds it funny. Okay. Well, anyway, Don's tired of looking at him. (laughs) He said, he goes, yeah, I'm not going to have him wearing that 88 shirt. Right. You know, on this tour. He's, I told him, he said, Mick, you, you gotta, you gotta get some cool stage clothes, you know? And he's just like, Oh, I, you know, what, what do I get? I don't know what, what to get, you know? And Don's like, well, you know, wear, wear like a leather vest, like a biker vest or, you know, get a couple of cool shirts or something, you know, just kind of, you know, we're trying to, we're trying to have this image, you know, kind of, you know, we got to put on a show. And, and we, you know, we want kind of want to give people, you know, some kind of a rock star image because that's right. what people want to see. They, they want to see docking and they want it to have a little bit of flash and a little glamour and a little bit of star power to it. And, okay. and you need to dress the part. Right. So apparently, uh, Chuck gave each guy in docking a $500 voucher for the, for the Badlands, uh, pawn shop which is okay. where they sell, you know, the pond stuff, whatever you want. And then, you know, they got all the uh, apparel over there. Right. Okay. And they got these, uh, they got these bi- leather biker uh, uh, vests mm-hmm. and it's got the Badlands across the back and the rockers, you know, in the back. Sure. And Don said, see something like this, this, this looks pretty cool. And right. so, so he, he bought one of these leather vests. Okay. And he said, now we'll just deck it out. We'll put some like patches on it and stuff and kind of look at, make it look kind of stressed and stuff. Well, these, these vests came lined with like a liner, right? Okay. Mm -hmm. So Don took it to a place in town, like a, like a, uh, like a shoe store type place, you know, that do, does leather work. Right. And had them strip the liner out of it to make it just, just plain, uh, leather, you know. With no okay. lining in it at all. Right. So he had that done, and then he bought all these patches, like these Sunoco gasoline patches or, you know, like a like a hazardous fallout patch and, you know, a couple other patches and things to kind of dress it up, you know. Okay. And so Don is doing all this on his own. Right. And then he's like, now he's you got to get rid of that shirt. He goes, I, I'm not going to look at that shirt one more time. <laughs> get rid of that. So, so... I was with him and we were going to pick up this, this leather, this leather vest that got stripped out. And then, uh, uh, we went to the store and Don is like looking for shirts for him too. Okay. He goes, he goes, look at this. This is ridiculous. I'm 62 years old and I'm got have to dress my drummer. <laughs> he goes, but if I don't do it, he's not going to get it done. Right. So we basically spent the afternoon or the morning rather running around trying to find clothes for Mick, stage clothes. <laughs> Good God. I know. <laughs> so then by that time, it, it was like, you know, getting up on two o'clock and the guys are texting Don. It was probably like quarter after one. And, he's, and it's like, you know, we're, we've got rehearsals only till two because we got to get out of this place because they're going to move all the equipment over to the main venue. 
Right. And then we got to we got we got to go sign some posters and we got to do this. So you need to get over here so we can at least run through a couple of songs. Okay. So we went over to the uh, rehearsal place and, you know, the guys were, you know, working out the tunes and then Don jumped in there and that's where those photos came from. Sure. That I sent you and uh, they they worked out a few tunes. But I got to tell you that that one element that's been missing since Jeff is not part of the docking lineup, Mm -hmm. that Jeff Pilsen, that element is just so crucial. Right. So crucial. It's like Michael Anthony and Dokken, or I mean, in Van Halen and uh, Juan Crucier and Rat. Okay. It's just that, just that little element because when Don and Mick and, and Jeff harmonize together, like, like on In My Dreams and stuff, mm-hmm. you can't duplicate that. Right. I mean, they, they were doing this whole, you know, they were harmonizing together on a couple of different things you know they were doing bits and pieces of different parts of songs you know just to kind of get you know dial in right it's just absolutely amazing it that is the dock and sound right so you're saying that what they do now is not the dock and sound well they they don't have that jeff pilson element right you know chris is getting better chris mccarville is getting better to to do the vocal but even even on uh uh lightning strikes and even on um broken bones mm-hmm. you know don had to bring in jeff scott soto right to, to try to fill in that background vocal and then on broken bones he had to bring in uh mark bowles right to do that you know but that that jeff pilson uh the way that he harmonizes with don and mick mm-hmm. that is such a crucial element Sit, sitting there listening to them together and you know knowing what the current lineup of docking sounds like right that element just is missing okay it's so it's so important right but yeah jeff is just the con you know the 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 professional that he he's amazing yeah well he is he's a he's a great that's why he's never been unemployed exactly so he's absolutely amazing and and that that thing that he brings to that to that mix is just so important Right. So listening to them harmonize and everything was really cool. And then I took some pictures of Don. Obviously, he was playing guitar. And here's the secret. You know, George did not, never did like Don's playing because George is the guitar god. Okay. Okay. Well, one of the reasons you saw Don playing guitar and one of the reasons Don is going to play guitar, which he never gets to do or never did. Right. With the original lineup is because George doesn't like Don playing guitar. So he, that's why Don's doing it? No. Oh. Don is doing it because George doesn't know the parts. What? Yes. Now and here and and this is not a slam on George. This is the reason why. And Jackal, you pay attention to this. George sounds like George, right? Mm-hmm. But he's been away from Dokken for so long. Right. And even though he plays the Dokken tunes in his Lynch Mob set, he's yeah. been playing them um, the George Lynch way or the, the, the Lynch Mob way, rather. Right. Rather than the way the Dokken way was. Okay. And so because because he he needs a little, for lack of a better term, some guidance yeah. Don is kind of like filling in where George is missing. Is this in rhythms or is this in leads? Yeah, probably in rhythms. All right. I was going to say, because if, if they break out, I don't know, in my dreams, and Don steps to the front. No, he's not going to do that. No, in the rhythms. Okay. But, but here's the thing. George is playing them like one or two steps below the original. Oh, he's tuned down? Yeah. I mean, it's the re-evolution uh, Dokken, right. you know, and Don, you know, and again, this is where the little headbutting sometimes could get in the way. Right. Don is like, George, that's not how it goes. And he goes, well, I've been playing it that way for X amount of time. And he goes, yeah, but that's not how it's written. That's not how the song goes. He goes, well, I, I'm, I, I can't, I'm not playing it the Don Dokken way. He's like, George, it's not the Don Dokken way. It's Dokken. It's yeah. the way it was written. Yeah, it's not the lynch mob way, more to the point. <laughs> yeah, 
so it goes like this, you know. He goes, well, I don't play it that way. He goes, well, we're docking now, so you need to play it that way. <laughs> God damn. So, so that's the kind of little back and forth that happens. It's like this isn't Lynch Mob and this isn't George Lynch. This is docking as an entity or as a band. You've got a million dollars on the table and you can't fucking adjust back to the way you wrote your own song. You well, wrote those leads. Well, I know. But the thing is, is that you, you do it for so long. I mean, yeah. you might, you, you know, George, George left docking again in 97. Right. So it's almost been 20 years. Well, I get that. But, you know, you know, he's, he, he wrote those songs. He can't pick it up somewhat in... I don't know, a couple weeks ahead of time? I don't know the answer. You know what? I do know the answer. You know what the answer is? Because these guys don't talk to each other and because they probably didn't speak to each other except through texts up until they saw each other in in Sioux Falls, none of this was ever worked out. Sure. And that's what this week was supposed to be. Right. So, didn't you know. Out. This, uh, any normal entity would have a have a conference call or something two months ago sure and all this kind of shit would have been worked out what are we going to wear on stage what are we going to play how are we going to play it what key are we going to play it in you know what needs to be tuned down for don's voice what needs to be tuned down for george's playing what right needs to be, you know yeah that shit should have been adjusted should have been worked out probably about the time they signed the contract <laughs> no you would think yes yeah all right I, I completely agree with that. Okay. So anyway, when Don was recording the other day, I, yeah. I don't, I don't, I know you're not as big into gear as I am, but there, there's a, there's a thing. It's called a limiter compressor. Mm-hmm. So when you reach a certain volume, right. this thing will, will, will start minimizing that volume. Okay. Well, on Don's vocal, when he's singing, the right. the mixer that they were using he didn't want any limiter on that because what he hears on his headphone is what's coming through the board right and when the limiter is on he doesn't think he's hitting the note that he should be hitting even though he may be but the limiter is like muffling you know it's like it's, re- down. Yeah. it's reducing it so he's pushing harder right oh boy so that so what he's hearing in his headphone is not true to what he's really singing because the limiter is limiting that upper register (laughs) so he was pushing harder and harder and then he found out that the limiter was on but by that time he heard his voice (laughs) Jeez. (laughs) so so they had the limiter on and then it was compressed on top of that so he didn't get the true dry sound of his Mm -hmm. voice and his headphones when he was singing so he basically strained his voice a little bit wow okay so that's what happened there. But, okay. but, you know, by the, by the mid afternoon on, uh, on Thursday, you know, he was working it back out and warming it up and, you know, getting it and it, and he sounded great. He sounded fine. Okay. Well, Thursday, even though that they were practicing, they had a special dress rehearsal for Thursday evening for a hundred fans. Right. Mm-hmm. These fans, I think they paid like one seventy five or something to attend this thing, Ooh. and then they got to meet Don and the whole band, and then they got they got a poster and they got you know they they got a little goodie bag with everything. Photo with the band, the or photo, something. yeah. Everybody got a photo. Everybody got uh, a, a signed poster. Um, you know, everybody got to meet everybody, and then they got to be a part of this closed set, right? You know, where they went through like five or six songs. Mm-hmm. Well, on Thursday night, George did Mr. Scary. Okay. And they ripped into that, and George played it flawlessly. I mean, he just tore the roof off the house. I, I You know, I'm sure you heard me say that on, on the interview I did I with Ron. Right. You mm-hmm. know, and he, stellar, fantastic. Right. And I told him so. You know, I just like, wow, George. I said, I was, <laughs> I was absolutely blown away because I was. It gave me goosebumps. Wow. It's like holy shit, that was awesome, you know. It, and uh, you know, after after actually it was on Friday, I told him that, and he was, eh, you know, it wasn't as good. And you know, I I I thought it was awesome. I thought it was great. And I, you know, I wasn't 
kissing his ass either. I, I just really did thought it was great. Right. And uh, the guys harmonized well, and they, they did they did five songs, and they sounded great. And, I, and uh, you know, to be honest with you, and here's, here's uh, to, to the question is, what is my true assessment? Mm-hmm. I was pleasantly surprised that they sounded as good as they did. Okay. Was it 1987? No. Right. But it was better than, you know, the last, say, five years. Okay. But they sounded great. You know, and it wasn't, it wasn't, no, it wasn't 1987. But for what it is, even George was a step slower and, you know, all this other stuff. But they sounded great. I And, and, to, and the fact that they pulled it together and did those five songs. I mean, they ran through them very quickly, and there was no, there was no flaws or nothing. I was just like, "Holy shit, this like, isn't what I saw. This isn't what I saw in rehearsals." I'm surprised you guys pulled this together the way you did. Right? You were like, "Wow, this might actually be good." That's what I said because <laughs> I, I got to be honest, I was completely skeptical. Right. Sure. You know, very skeptical, mm-hmm. and and they came out full bore, and they sounded like Dawkins. Oh, that's good. You know, and I was just like, wow, that was that was pretty impressive. Right. You know, so so I thought, okay, this is this is going to be good. Mm -hmm. All right. So so we go back to the the dressing room and the the manager, he he comes in and goes, all right, guys, you got to sign some posters. And Don's like, well, what's this for? Well, this is for the meet and greet. We're doing a meet and greet tomorrow. Uh, we got these posters, whatever we don't, uh, give away to the meet and greet people we're going to sell. Okay. So they sit down at this table and they got these posters and they're sitting there signing them and signing them and signing them and signing them like 200 posters. Those guys, you know, and Don is sitting there signing and he's signing and he's signing and it, it like this pile doesn't seem to getting smaller. Right. And he goes, (laughs) how many more of these are these? And he goes, well, there's just this here. And, and he goes, he goes, how many are that? And he goes, oh, he goes, I think it's about 200. He goes, what, do, what are these for? He goes, these are just going to end up out on eBay. Right. <laughs> and he goes, well, this is for the fans and we're going to sell the rest. And, you know, he goes, this is just prostitution. You think Robert Plant sits here and signs 200 posters? <laughs> he says, he says, I'm, I'll do it. He says, but I, I'm not going to sit here all night signing these posters. Right. He goes, this is ridiculous. So he sat there and he signed every one of them. Okay. Every one of them. He says, he's, this is ridiculous. This is just, just monkeys in a show. Just monkeys in a show. Look at this. Did the, did the other guys sign them oh, all Oh, they too? signed them all. Signed oh. them all. Nice. Yeah. They they did it. They did it. You know, and then, well, we got to do pictures now. Now we got to do a meet and greet. Now, mind you, you know. They're they're working this set out, but yet they're involved. And again, like I said at the beginning of the show, they're they're doing radio early in the morning. They're doing the TV. They're doing these meet and greets. They're sitting for hours signing posters. They're you know doing all this other stuff rather right. than doing practicing or rehearsals. Right. And I was like, when are, when are you guys gonna like do rehearsals? Because you guys are only rehearsing like a couple hours a day. Right. You know, but uh, they did pull it together. So anyway, long story short, Friday rolls around. Okay. The, the big show. Mm-hmm. And uh, so uh, um, what what happened on Friday? I'm trying to think how this all played out. So they had to go to the main stage mm-hmm. and they had to do sound check. Okay. So the guys, the, the, the Jeff, George, and Mick all went there, and they they worked out all their parts. All right. Before you go further, what time is this? Uh, this was about I'm going to say about noon. 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 Okay. Noon or one? I think it was like about one. And was this their first thing of the day, or were they out doing radio and bullshit again? Well, they were doing all the radio and stuff. Yeah. Oh. But Don, Don, you know, he didn't, he didn't come out till noon or one. I think he stayed in his room for the most part. Then I, then, and then he said, well, uh, you know, I text him. I said, you know, I got, I got the car down here. If you want to go get some coffee or something, he goes, yeah, I'll be down. Well, let's go to Starbucks or something. Okay. So, uh, he comes down and Don has this friend who, who flew in from California, a guy that he knows. I, I don't know how close friend they are. This okay. guy, this guy's like 
really wealthy. Right. Extremely wealthy. He, 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 you know, his money comes from inheritance. Okay. His parents or somebody, they started the whole Kmart chain or something like that. Right. Or they owned all the real estate for the Kmart stores across the country. So this guy is worth a couple hundred million dollars. Okay. Nice. And he's kind of like a, he's kind of like one of these guys who, more or less has all this money, but he doesn't have any real friends. And the people that do hang around him are just leeches and they're just beggars and hangers on. Right. And, uh, so he came out to the show. And so Don says, I'm, I'm glad you're here. He says, cause, uh, you know, so-and-so called me and said, he wants me to go to lunch with him and George. Okay. He says, but I don't, I don't necessarily want to be alone with them. (laughs) (laughs) He said, so, he says, I do need to go get something to eat and we'll go to the restaurant, but they are, they already got an hour head start on us. So by the time we get there, they'll probably be finished. Okay. So we went to this, this sushi bar restaurant type place in Sioux Falls and George was at the table and this guy and his friends and the uh, lead singer from the band Shadow Train. Oh yeah. George's band. Yeah. Greg, uh, what's his name? Uh, Greg, uh, Anala. Okay, whatever. I think that's his name. Well, he was there. We're never going to know that guy. Yeah. And he goes, so George come in. He goes, he says, well, he goes, well, what did you think of last night? And I said, well, I told you, George, I thought you sounded great, you know? And, mm-hmm. and, uh, so, so, um, Don starts telling George a little bit about me. And I said, he goes, he goes, you know, uh, Wendell here has been, you know, supporting me for many, many years. He says, in fact, I gave him the exclusive on the reunion announcement. He says, because he goes, I could have done Eddie trunk, but I would rather do Wendell's show. And, you know, he plays all the deep cuts and he's been, you know, play, he goes, he'll play a bunch of docking on his show. And he goes, I got people coming up to me all over the country saying, man, I you know got turned on the docking cause I heard the classic metal show, you know, right. And that kind of stuff. And, he goes, did you hear the shadow train? I said, yeah, George, you were on the show for it. Oh, I interviewed with you. And I said, yeah, you got, you interviewed for shadow train. He goes, well, you know, I, I, you know, talking to you on the phone, I wouldn't know what you were look like. So it's not like I could recognize you or something. Right. I was just like, George, that's cool. <laughs> Whatever. It was, it was like, dude, we've had you on the show. Like, oh, I don't know. 10 times. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and he goes, well, you know, that's cool. That's cool. And. So, so we were, he was asking me, so, so what, did, what are the fans saying? What are they hearing? And I, I told them, you know, about like Kendall Peters and May Kay. And I said, we, we got, we got listeners who are like 16 years old and love Dokken, you know? Right. Sure. You know, there's people who just find the show because of Dokken. Wow. That's cool. You know, that's cool. You know, and he was just kind of very mellow, you know, but how surreal was that? I'm sitting on one side, Don and George are sitting next to each other, having lunch together. Yeah, that is odd. I mean, it's just like never in my life would I thought, Hey, I'm going to be sitting at the table having lunch with Don and George. Yeah. And nobody's throwing food at each other or stabbing each other or nothing. No, not at all. And they were getting along just fine. Just laughing and joking. And Hey George, remember that time we were doing this and you know, right. just whatever. And they were just getting along. Great. That's cool. You know, so George and, you know, Don's multimillionaire friend, they all left. Right. And, and, uh, so we, we just sat there just having some lunch real quick and stuff. And, uh, so, uh, I ran, uh, I ran, uh, Don back to the hotel cause he, he needed to go to the, uh, rehearsal at four. Okay. So we, we went to the rehearsal at four. So, all the other guys were done with their parts already. They, they were trying to dial them in on the board. Now here's, here's the part that makes you shake your head. Okay. This is a one time U S show only 20 years in the making. They got this 23 year old kid on the, on the board, the, the, the stage mix. That's That sounds good. Good idea. And so you know, Don wears in-ear monitors, right? Mm, sure. So they have the wedges on the stage. Don's wearing his in-ears. Uh, the other guys have already worked out their parts. So Don okay. is trying to get his voice dialed in. Okay. And because, as I explained to you before, this Badland Pawn, they've got all this really state-of-the-art digital equipment. Everything is just state-of-the-art. Right. 
Well, Don brought in the guy who mixed their front of the house from their ACDC tour back in the 80s. Okay. Because he knows the dock and catalog pretty well and, you know, knows what he needs to hear at front of the house. But the guy at front of the house can only mix what the guy from the stage mix sends him. Okay. So it goes through the stage mix to the front of the house, and then the front of the house guy does all the adjustments to make it sound, you know, like it's supposed to. Right. So Don is up on stage, and he's, like, singing into the into the mic, and he's like, I, I need more... I need more vocal. I need more vocal. He's telling this kid, and that kid is just standing there staring at the board like, uh, which button do I push? Oh, boy. <laughs> so he's standing there the whole time, and then then he's singing. He, go, he goes, okay, he goes, now I need some more monitor. So, and he goes, he goes, I need some more inner monitor. Right. And so the kid turns the wedges up. Oh, boy. Not, not yeah, exactly. So so what Don Don is listening to in his in ears yeah is his mic. Okay. So he wants the guy to give him a little more volume in his in-ear monitors, but the guy yeah. turns the wedges up and because he turned the wedges up, it feed back into the mic and then the mic is what Don hears in his ears and just blew his ears out. <laughs> Might be time for Don to get rid of those in ears. He seems to have a lot of problems with those. So he was just—he goes, "Not the wedges, my in ears. These monitors don't do the wedges, you know." And so, so he—he uh, he goes, "What's the matter with this kid?" <laughs> so, so they're dialing it in and dialing it in, and the other guys come back on the stage and they start running through some songs. But so this guy, this kid turns off all the wedges and and then mick has a wedge by his drum set so he can hear jeff and don so he can kind of keep time with you know they're singing well he's got nothing now (laughs) so no matter what he goes leave leave the floor wedges off give give mick some monitor do this, you know. So it it was so painful watching this. Yep. It was it was just painful. That's that's funny. And and again, I'm thinking this is 20 years in the making. This is the one show they're going to do a DVD. Yeah. And this is the guy who's mixing this. Are you kidding me? <laughs> oh boy. So this was a process, right? And, and it was just painful to watch. It really was. And and I got to give credit to Don. He kept his cool. He was trying to be very methodical, you know. And then and then every time George fired up his amps, he just had this. (laughs) It just it was unbelievable. I'm thinking we're just like three hours away from filming a DVD, and this is where we're at. Right. This should have been worked out three days ago. Yeah, no kidding. Not, not on day of show. No shit. So needless to say, mm-hmm. once Don got off of the stage after rehearsal, he mm-hmm. went back. We went back to his dressing room. <laughs> yeah. And you know how Don ran. This is fucking ridiculous. This is going to be a disaster. I know. Where'd they get this kid? He just come out of school or something. This is ridiculous. I'm. We, we're. We're. You know. We're a multi-platinum selling band, and we're doing this one show here, and this is what we get. This is who we're working with. Are you kidding me? Right. I know this is going to be a disaster. <laughs> he says. I told this kid. He goes. I. I. He goes. I just feel it. He says. I told this kid once we got the mix locked in. Then yeah. what you can do is hit save, just like a computer. Right. Hit save, and then you then you type then you in save. the you type in dock and mix or something like that. Right. And then when you go to that, the board automatically adjusts itself. Sure. All the faders and everything just goes to that position. Right. Well, this guy didn't save it. Of course not. He's going to do it on the fly. Yeah. He he didn't save the mix. He's going to remember. <laughs> So they had this young gal. You may know who she is. I, I'm not familiar with her. I, I heard the name, but I'm not familiar. Her name is Gabby Ray. I, I know of her. It's country singer or something. Well, she's a, she's a young gal. She's like 17 or 18. 
Yeah. And she sings a lot of the 80s stuff. She sings like Dio okay. and stuff like that, you know. And uh, she opened the show. Okay. So by the time Dawkins hit the stage after Gabby Ray was off. Yeah. All the settings were wrong. <laughs> so this goes back to what I'm telling you about people who film this on their cell phones and stuff. Right. The mix, the front of the house mix mm-hmm. was way off. Okay. Way off. And the the show actually sounded better from the stage than it did out in the house. Where was it recorded? Well, it was recorded through the board. So it would sound like the front of the house. No, well, no. It, no, it, it will sound like the it, stage. It sound like the stage. Okay. But what people were hearing in the front of the house was not what you were hearing from the stage. Okay. Because the mix was the mix was way off. Right. Because I, I was out front of the house and I, you know, went from side stage and I could hear the difference big time. Right. You know, so I, I went upstairs to the mezzanine. They had this balcony up there and I was up there listening and it's I could not hear Don at all. <laughs> not at all. Nice. You know. But if you go to another part of the the room, you could hear the a, a, a really good mix. Okay. And I was again, I was like, wow, that sounded really good. Okay. So does it sound 1988 again? No, it doesn't. But it, it sounds like docking of today. Okay. And I think all the guys did well. I think even you know people. Oh, Don sounded awful. It sounded like a train. No, it sounded really good. You'll be you'll actually be surprised. Now here's the thing. Mm-hmm. Thursday night when they did the dress rehearsal, right? They were supposed to they were supposed to film those five songs and get some B roll. Okay. Well, because they had to do this meet and greet, it went way too long, and they didn't even get to the stage till close to midnight. Oh wow! And then and then when they did roll film or you know whatever, mm-hmm. the uh, a couple of the uh, channels were not turned on. Oh my god. So they they did not have mixed tom in it. <laughs> so there was no low end bass. And, <laughs> and I just like cuz Jeff took the mixes back to his room. Yeah. And there was no low end bass. There was, so it, was a, it was an injustice for all recording. More or less, yeah. <laughs> Hilarious. So these are the kind of things that happen that are not they're not the fault of the band. Right. But organizational wise, it should have been better. Right. They should have checked this stuff earlier. They sh- they they needed they needed at least two weeks to rehearse, not not five days. Yeah. Well, that's that's and that and then sense. in the five days that they did have, they were running around doing everything else too. Yeah. They they should have had a week where they did nothing but become docking again. Correct. And then a week where they promoted docking. Right. That's what they should have I would done. agree. You know, but, well, just didn't happen. Yeah. So everything was rushed. They didn't get, they didn't spend as much time as they should have doing all these things. Right. And if I, you know, again, if I was in charge of doing this, I would have done things a lot differently. Sure. A lot differently. But, you know, it is what it is. It's, uh, you know, it's a 10-day deal, and that's what they signed up for, and four days of rehearsals and six days on the of show and you know yeah and a fat paycheck at the end <laughs> what i don't get is you know i want to go back to what you were talking about about the voucher and having the stage closed and everything am i wrong in thinking that george just played in a fucking shadow train t-shirt well here's the thing that was the other point of contention okay Don wanted George to to dress it up a little bit. Yeah. And George insisted that he was going to wear his um his gangsta clothes. You know, the the three quarter oh, no. the, the the three quarter length pants, you know, like the you know, whatever and the shoes yeah. and you know, and kind of have like that greasy hair thing going on and <laughs> what the hell? Yeah, he's it he kind of that kind of that Cho, that cholo gangsta look thing right that's suicidal tendencies that's based. it that's exactly it yeah 
Right. Because okay. because George George, George you, you used to like to dress it up and make it look good and this and that. And he goes, ah, you know, that's the look today. That's what I do today. You know, it's like, uh, you know, that's not what the people in Japan want to see. Right. They, they want to see George Lynch, the guitar rock, you know, the, the guitar hero, not not some cholo from the from the barrio. <laughs> Hail and kill caller. You're on the air. Hey, Neely. Um. I got a question. Now, this um, this show that they taped for the, the DVD at the Badlands, mm-hmm. now, you said that they had this kid on the, on the board that, you know, kind of fucking bollocks up the whole fucking thing. Will they be able to take it like a multi-track and go back into the studio and fix? Yes, it, 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 so it was. You can yes, hear, it, like, the low end. You can hear, you know, like, the vocals and everything so mm-hmm. that it, it sounds good. Yeah, that, well, that's really what they, it was. Now. It was a multi-track. Yes, it was a multi-track recording, and they were able to get Mick back on the drums just to fix that one part mm-hmm. because his toms were turned off. Right. So, so yes, it is a multi-track recording, and yes, they could do some post-production on it if they have to. Oh, thank God! Because I mean, this is like you know you. I mean, except for the, the Japan dates, like, they're never going to get these fucking guys back together to do something like, well, at least it doesn't seem like it at this point anyway, but, you know, it just, you know, it would really fucking suck for that, you know, like, that DVD to sound like crap because, you know, the fucking 18-year-old kid didn't know what the fuck he was doing. Right. But uh, it, I'm glad they can, they can fix it, though. What was it? I remember one time somebody was giving Paul Stanley the business about, like, all the post-production work they did on Kiss Alive 1. And um, and I, I actually saw this interview, and he actually said, well, if you think that you can actually take a live recording and just cut it and release it, he's like, you know, you've got a lot to learn about, you know, like the music industry. It's like, it just doesn't work that way. You know, it's like people make mistakes, things happen, and, you know, you at the other day, you know, Stanley was saying that, you know, well, you want to put out a good product so that, you know, the consumer, you know, enjoys what they're listening to, especially, you know, like at that level, if it's going to be like an official release sure. from the band instead of like some bootleg or something. Well, the thing is, is that Dokken, uh released that Beast from the East back in 89. Uh, mm-hmm. G- George redubbed all of the guitars on that entire CD. Well, the, the original record was it that bad? I mean, like, no, it, it wasn't. It wasn't that it was bad. It's just that he wanted more reverb on his guitars, and so he he re, he he uh, redubbed all of the guitar work that was on the live uh, disc. So that's not I, even know, like, that's not even technically live. I mean, it's a live recording, but there there are overdubs on it. Well, I remember when they were making that you know like all that big stink about you know Kiss Alive One and. You know what? As a consumer, whatever Kiss did, you know, in the studio afterwards, hey, you know what? I'm glad they did it because, you know, some of the album that we got, in my opinion, was awesome. I love listening to fucking Kiss Alive 1. And you know what? As a consumer, I'm glad that if, you know, like the original recordings from the Cobo Hall shows, you know, like if they weren't that great, well, I'm kind of glad that they didn't just like, you know, just throw it out there just to you know, make some money off it, and they actually, you know, fixed it. Well, and, see, there, know, made there's something that was really good. Well, there's two trains of thought. You you can overdub stuff and make it into ear candy, which obviously that's something you enjoy. Or you can leave all the mistakes and all the you know the glitches in it and all this and that, and a guy like Jackal enjoys that better. So well, it's it depends a, on how bad the mistakes Well, again, are, some people I mean? some people like the, the the as raw as it can be, and other people like, man, I'd like you to smooth it out. So, yeah, it, it's all subjective. Well, yeah, exactly. You know, it's just you know whatever you appreciate. But I always enjoyed Kiss Alive One, and uh, I'm looking forward to this uh, this DVD. If uh, oh, and by the way, I posted a link. They've already got those those posters up for sale. Of course, they do. They're like they got them on eBay for like a hundred and ninety-five. Of course bucks. they do. <laughs> but um, anyway, um, also it, you know, if you get the chance, if you should think of it, um, I was just wondering if there's any chance maybe you could play "Too High to Fly" from the "Live from the Sun" recording. Uh, we can do that. that sure. Played a while back. If you could play that, I'd, I'd really appreciate it. All right, my pleasure. And 
right, thanks for an uh, awesome show, and hail and kill. Fuck you, pal, and hand job. <laughs> All right. So, so anyway, there's there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes that people sure. are not aware of, and, and it, it could be very stressful, and it could cause some contentions there, but for the most part, well, I should say pretty much for the whole thing, Right. George and uh, Don got along just fine. Went to breakfast, oh, went, went to lunch together, hung out. George came into the dressing room. He was shooting the shit with Don and myself, and just they right. were laughing and telling, you know, kind of tell old stories and, right. you know, and then Jeff, of course, he's always friendly. So the clothes thing then, George wearing the Shadow Train T-shirt and just a pair of jeans or whatever. That was that the compromise. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, but he. <laughs> Because he didn't cholo up. No, he didn't. He but didn't. he didn't leather up either. Yeah, but he he's saying that that he may be wearing something like that in in like Japan too, and it's like, eh, come on, let's come on, guys, let's kind of like look like rock stars, you know? That's what the guys, the people in Japan, they love that stuff. Yeah, because I know Don was wearing like the the trench coat uh, the, and the hat. Dream, and, yeah, the in my dreams gear. Mm-hmm. Or, us. Yeah, because that's what they want to see. It's like, oh, yeah. that's the in my dreams guy, right? You know, it, it's it's fulfilling what you want to call expectation, or you know, this is what I remember you for. Mm-hmm. You know, so uh, it, it's it's interesting to see the the behind the scenes what goes into all this to make this happen. It, right. It's not just hey, get up on the stage and start playing. I mean, they're there, there's a lot of logistics going on there, right? Cunt hole logistics, as it's known, more or less. Right now, now here, here's something that that didn't set well with me, but I did not make a fuss about it. Okay, um, I was given an all access laminate. Okay, all access. That means you can go anywhere. Right. So, I went into the arena or into the to the venue. And I was with Ron mm-hmm. and we walked, you know, they were filming the band leaving the dressing room and going to the stage for the DVD. Right. So, so Don, John, or rather Ron says, you know, kind of hang back because they want to get, uh, you know, they want to get this footage and this and that. And I'm just like, okay, fine. Now, right. you know, I've always just stood on side stage and everything. And, and Ron's like, well, you, you can't stay back here. I go, why not? And he goes, well, well Chuck, Chuck wouldn't like that. And we can't have it that, that way. And we just, we have to go upstairs and we can't do that. Okay. Right, I'm not going to cause a problem. Okay. So, so Ron and I went up to the upstairs. Now, yeah. now Serena came to the show. Right. And she was with us. Okay. And she also had an all access. Okay. So we went upstairs to the, uh, to the, um, you know, the mezzanine. Now she had an all access. She did. No, no, no. She had one. She had one too. She had a laminate. All right. And we went upstairs and, and this, this, uh, you know, this balcony went basically all the way around the perimeter or the back perimeter of the arena. So we walked around the backside to, Mm -hmm. to find her a place to stand because you know how small she is. She's only like five foot tall. Right. So we we're basically looking for somewhere along the rail so she could watch the show. Okay. So we went to the other side of the uh uh mezzanine and mm-hmm. she found a open spot on the rail and she's just watching the show and I'm standing directly behind her. And right. uh, before I know it, the security guard is tapping me on the shoulder. And I yeah. turn around and I go, "What?" And he goes, "You got to go." I said, what are you talking about? He goes, you got to go. And I, he goes, you don't belong here. And I said, what do you mean? I have an all access. He goes, it doesn't matter. You can't be here. What? That's what he told me. And I go, what does all access mean to you? Well, it doesn't mean you can be here. What the <laughs> so, fuck? so I, I know. So I walked back with him to this little, like this bar area and he's on the radio chatting to like head of security or something. And he's like, yeah. this, this guy's got all access, blah, blah, blah. Well, he doesn't have a white wristband. Are you fucking kidding me? I'm not me? kidding you. And I was just like, what is that all about? I said, what, is, what does all access mean to you? Yeah. And he goes, well, I, I'm just taking my orders. He said, you can't stay here. 
And I said, how in the world did you pick me out of everybody in this crowd? He goes, because somebody came back here and complained. I said, what? I said, are you shitting me? He goes, yeah, somebody came back here and complained that you were there and you don't have a white wristband. I said, I said, I have an all access pass. Yeah. And he goes, well, you, you can't be in this section. You, that's when you guys say, "Dickhead, I can go backstage." You fucking well, idiot. Well, that, that's funny. You should say that. Here, here, that's the funny thing that you should say. Well, I couldn't go back and grab Serena. Yeah, and so I had to leave the area, and okay. I went back over where Ron was, and I told him, I said, "What's up with security here?" I said, "We were just standing right over there, and this guy told me I couldn't be there." I said, "I have all access." Yeah. And he just kind of shrugged his shoulders and he was, ah, I don't know, you know, I don't, you know, I don't control that area and blah, 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 you know. Right. So, so we were, I watched the show from the other side and, you know, I knew she would be fine watching the show because she really gets into that. Right. Well, it was getting near the end of the show. And I said to Ron, I said, I said, how am I going to get back over there to get her? Yeah. So he gave me his, his company pass. Okay. And I walked back over there and grabbed her and we walked back and, and she goes, I was wondering where you went. I told her what happened. And he goes, yeah, these guys were next to me and they were saying, you can't be here. You can't be here. And just, they were giving me a hard time and everything. Yeah. So after the show is over, we we can't be on the balcony watching the show with an all access, but we can walk right down the stairs and go in through the dressing rooms with an all access and have yeah. access to the band. But we can't be watching the show from a certain right. area. I said this this security either a is uninformed or b they're just overzealous or they don't know what to do. Dude, I remember remember I had the same problem ironically at a docking show, the docking show at House of Blues. Remember, we had all access passes for that, and I went to sit down in the empty seats, and they booted me out. Yeah, remember, same fucking thing, and I showed them a goddamn laminate. <laughs> Said, "Look, I'm with the fucking band," and they're like, "Nope, you can't sit here." Yeah, that's well, that's basically what I was told too. Yeah, security are cunts. I know, and and then Mark Ferrari, which which I was hanging out with, obviously before. Yeah. He he was in a suite. There were they had him broken down in the suites, and there was the 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 Dawkins manager, right. Mark Ferrari, a couple other three people were there, and uh, they were all saying, "Hey, how you doing, man? How you enjoying the show and everything?" And I was standing with them. Security comes up, taps me on the shoulder. You can't be here. <laughs> I said, "What are you talking about?" I said, "I got all that. You can't be in here. You can't be in here. You don't have a blue. You don't have a blue wristband." Hey, cock smoke. What does this fucking laminate? I'd have probably got thrown you out. You know, but the thing is, I'm not going to cause an issue. I'm just like, okay, whatever. Yeah. So I went back to talk to Ron. I said, what is with the security around here? He goes, eh, they're just doing their job. You know, I don't get involved with that area. That's a whole different, you know, that's a whole different right. thing. And I said, listen, I'm just a guest here. I'm not going to cause a problem, but I think this is just stupid. Right. You know, and he's just like, oh, you know what? He's just, it, it's okay. And the show was over. And then we walked right down the stairs through the backstage, show yeah. the guy at the door, guarding the door to the dressing rooms. And he opens up the door. Welcome in, sir. Yeah, of course. But God forbid you sit down or stand at <laughs> the fucking balcony. It's so dumb. Just the dumbest shit ever. So, so that I was just like, you know, I, again, I, I didn't get mad about it. It's just like these guys obviously just don't know any better or, or right. whatever. But, you know, I'm not going to make an issue. Yeah. Well, nicer than me. Yeah. Well, what what, what are you going to do? You're going to get in a fight with a guy who's just be doing what he's told? I would have berated him. Yeah. You know, question my mind, I would have been like, you're a fucking idiot. Yeah, whatever. Can't you read stupid? Yeah. Well, the guy did get on the radio and he, I heard him tell the guy on the radio he's got an all-access pad it doesn't matter you can't be there yeah well i'd be like give me that radio <laughs> he says sorry dude you gotta go you gotta go you can't be here what a bunch of dicks i know but uh that that was the only sour spot of the whole uh you know situation right it wasn't it wasn't such a terrible thing that i couldn't get over it it's just like well this is just dumb what does all-access mean yeah, but how are you going to have balloon knot sex with uh, Serena if you're not allowed in the section? Right. I mean, come on. Rufo taught you well, didn't he? <laughs> exactly.
exactly. <laughs> but uh, overall, uh, you know, we um, went back to the dressing room and everybody's kind of hung out and, uh, you know, everybody seemed to be in a pretty good mood and they had to pack it up because their flights were out of there at seven in the morning. Right. So we, we didn't, we weren't partying hardy or anything like that. Right. Well, Don doesn't really party. Really. Not really. I mean, we, we did, we did. It was kind of funny because when we got to the venue just prior to the show, yeah. um, the, oh, that's the other thing. And I'm going to, you know, go against the uh, post on the Facebook about how great the venue is. Okay. Well, this, this venue, they, this backstage area. Yeah. Every, everybody in the band had their own private dressing room. Okay. And these dressing rooms were decked out with chairs and couches and coolers and, and, uh, you know, they had a cooler in there and every conceivable soda, uh, fruit drink, vitamin water, plain water, anything you wanted was in these. Every dressing room had this. And, right. and then it had a big bowl of nothing but, you know, chips and peanuts and trail mix and uh, M&Ms. And, you know, it was right. just a sure. big bowl of a hodgepodge. Of stuff. Every dressing room had this. Okay. And then, you know, then it had like a um, wait, like a makeup table, you know, one, the one with all the lights around the mirror. Yeah, it had this whole makeup table and, you know, it, every room was just decked out with with uh, art and, you know, tables and chairs and the whole just anything you wanted was there. Right. And every dressing room was like this. And it was just like that. That was so nice. Sure. And then they had a green room where, you know, had a bigger table where you could sit down and have like pizza or whatever. But then they had all the alcohol you wanted to drink in there. Right. You know, vodka, Jack, Jim Beam, whatever you wanted, all the, and then they had another cooler in there. And I mean, it was just so well stocked. Right. You, you didn't run out of anything. You That's know, awesome. you, you, you go to some backstages and they have one table and it's got like a half a dozen pops and, you know, half a dozen bottles of water and a couple of chips and that's it, you know, but this was like top, top notch, top flight. So Don and I walked in, went to the dressing room, and I said, hey, Don, you wanted Jack and Coke? He goes, yep, let's get our game face on, brother. <laughs> <laughs> so so I went into the green room there, and they had big bottles of Jack and Coke and ice and cups and, you know. Right. He wanted for nothing. It's awesome. It was good stuff. It was, it was very impressive. Well, sounds like a good time. It was. It was very, very well done. So, right. so the accommodations were, were really top notch. They really were. Well, that's cool. Yeah. So I, I got to give it to Chuck and his crew because everything in that place was just pristine. Well, that's great. It's beautiful. Sure. So that's, that's the wrap on the whole docking experience. But boy, I'll tell you, you just like, oof, <laughs> there should have been more prep, more time, you know, right. more, more forethought. Because right. these guys were just running their wheels off, you know, going to rehearsal, doing meet and greets, signing posters, taking pictures, doing radio, doing TV, trying to do rehearsals. Right. I mean, it was it was ridiculous. Yeah, too much. It was too much. Too much in such a short amount of time. Yeah. But, uh, you know, well, I'm sure we'll see footage of the D Japan shows and then we can say, Don always blames the sound guy. He sucks, man. George was God. Well, I got a, I got a story about that before we wrap up this section. All right. <laughs> so Thursday night, as I said, George broke into Mr. Scary, mm -hmm. played it note perfect. Okay. I, I was just blown away. Okay. Friday night, filming the DVD, they break into Mr. Scary. He gets into about a third of the way in, just stops. Oh, everything just stopped. And Jeff, uh, you know, comes up to the mic and it's like, ah, you know, we're filming DVD. You know, this is, this is the live experience. We're going to, we're going to start it again. Okay. So break into it again, but three quarters of the way in come to a complete stop. Oh, Jesus lost Christ. his place again. He goes, all right, three times the charm. We're going to do it again. Oh boy. 
broke into Mr. Scary for the third time, and he did get it right that time. Okay. But it took three times to play it right. I uh, wonder who the weak link was there. Well, it was Don. Yeah, he wasn't even on the stage. Yeah, well, that Don was probably thrilled that he'd fucked it up three times. He got a good break, 20-minute break. Right. <laughs> so this afternoon, I text Don when I got home. I said, uh, you know, safe travels to Japan. You know, I hope you have a you have a great show, stress free and worried. He sends me back a text and he says, "Yeah, maybe George will actually learn Mister Scary." Ha ha. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> so so good. Oh, it's going to be a long week for those for those guys. I know, because you know, after the plane flight, you've never done that. You've never taken a long flight like that. Uh uh-uh. uh When you do, you're fucking uncomfortable when you get done because you're all stiff and shit from being on a fucking plane and whatnot. Sure. So they're going to start not really in the best of a place, you know, head wise. And then the nine to 14 hours, whatever it is to Japan, depending on well, they're going from LA, right? So yeah, it's nine going from LA. Uh huh. Nine hours, uh, you know, nine hour flight. Oh, they're going to be crabby as shit. Oh, boy. And then right into more press and fucking bullshit, too, right? Mm-hmm. Because I'm sure there's not, like, lead days on this thing, is No, there? not at all. Yeah, it's show up, play. Yeah. So they're, And they're going to be playing at, like, 3 in the morning regular time. Sure. Because it's, you know, because it's, well, it's 14 hours difference over there, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. So they'll be playing at, like, 4 a.m. or 5 a.m. or whatever, America time. Oh, yeah. It's going to be great. Mm-hmm. They'll be throwing fists in no time. Yep. <laughs> so what I did see, and just to wrap this all up, what I did see, um, mm-hmm. no, it was not 1987, 1988. Right. But with the three guys, you know, or the four originals getting back together and in the min- minimal prep time they've had and minimal rehearsal, I right. thought that they did rather well. I'm not going to say, man, it was the greatest docking show I've ever seen. No, right. it wasn't like that, but it was pretty impressive for the short amount of time that they had. And they, right. and they sounded really good. That, that harmony and that vocalizing that Jeff and George or Jeff and Don and Mick do together is, there's just no duplicating that. It's just no duplicating it. It's just, it's something so special. It's just an element that is just missing. And when those three guys harmonize together, there's nothing better in the world. Right. So, well, let's hope that it works out to, to, you know, being a good DVD and Hey, if nothing else, they're getting paid well. So sure. There's no reason to feel bad for them if it doesn't work out. Right. But I'm, I'm glad I got to be a part of it. I'm glad I went. I, I, you know, it was it was a very uh, unique experience, and you know, one that obviously is not going to be duplicated anytime soon. So, uh, right, I, I'm I'm happy I went and was a part of it, and it was a good time. And you know, I wish those guys luck. Yeah, no doubt. So I hope it goes well, and I hope the DVD comes out well. Sure, I'm sure I'll listen to it. I'm sure I'll buy it. And then you'll go, man! I can't believe they put that out. I would have never put that out. I would just scrap the whole project. Right. Let's not embarrass yourselves like that, fellas. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so anyway, all right. Well, I'm going to wrap this up. I'm going to, uh, you know, give Scotty his request and play some, uh, play some "Too High to Fly" from the Live from the Sun. DVD. Will you text me to wake me up when that one's over? <laughs> Jesus Christ, that fifteen minutes? Sure. Yeah, yeah. Send me a text to wake me up at yeah. that. I'm gonna go take a nap. You need, do you need some sleep? No, I'm kidding. Right. I'm just saying that's a very long song. It is a long song. Yeah. But but Reb Beach does a really good job uh, on this. Dude, no George, no Duncan. Right. Hail and kill caller. You're on the air. Well, before you get off the do- docking topic, I would uh, want to throw my two cents in. All right. Give us your two cents. Well, I, I agree with everything you said. I really do, Neely. Um, but, man, I'm pretty sure George Lynch knows the tunes, dude. 
I saw. I, I know Don was playing during uh, Into the Fire, and, mm-hmm. and he, he 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 knows that song. But I, I agree with the in ear problems. I saw the, the the four video clips from the side of the stage. Mm-hmm. I saw Don messing with his belt and trying to get his in ears going. I mean, that's he had that's to unacceptable. he had to take them out during the show because that the the kid kept kicking up the 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 wedges and and blowing yeah. his ears out. Yeah. So he had to take them out and finish the show without the men. Right. But but I was at the rehearsals and George would get halfway through a song and he would stop because he lost his place. Yeah, he, he got behind on Mr. Scary. I mean, they, they're going to have plenty of audio from the shows in Japan. When, usually when they do those live discs, they, they, it's not just one show. You'll see audio from another show and, sure. and watch you know, a live move and you're like, no, he's not playing that. But, right. You know, that that's what they do and... and that's that's pretty that's pretty normal. I mean, mm-hmm. like you said, the YouTube clips don't come through like being at the show. I mean, it's, it's a whole different energy, sound, volume. And to be fair to Don, his vocals did sound really low in the mix. On uh, the, the prominent videos are the one guy that shot it from the side view, where he said the mix was a little better. And even even from that side, the vocals were low on the on the recording. Yeah, they were very low. But. Um, I mean, overall, I, I think you you really hit it on the head with Jeff Tilson. I mean, that guy just brings the energy. He does. He's over there. Who, who else is going to get on the stage, finger the bass guitar, hit Taurus foot pedals, and have a right hand on a keyboard and sing? Yeah, he's amazing. <laughs> so, but uh, yeah, man, keep it up. Uh, I, and I just have one more thing to say again. Fuck, fuck Eddie Trunk again. <laughs> All right, hail and kill. <laughs> I'm glad I was being fair and balanced. Yeah, there you go. All right. Let's play let's play this too high to fly and we'll be back. So here it is. It's Dokken from Live from the Sun for uh, Scotty in the Commonwealth. It's too high to fly exclusively here on your classic metal show. Hi, it's Don Dokken. You're rocking hard to the classic metal show. 